weekend or for the week, Brother Luke. And we want to give a great hello to his friend David. I always joke with Brother Luke that he's smarter than me and more intelligent than me, and I don't like it when he talks Bible to me. Got a theologian over there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Bible college dropout. We all know that. <laughs> no, but I'm so glad to be here today. Everyone can be seated. I'm so glad to be here. It's such an awesome opportunity to be able to preach at my home church where I grew up. It's always so fun to be here and see different people. Sometimes I feel like we come back on a Sunday or a Thursday, and I'm like, I have no idea who those people are. That's a good problem. That's a good thing. And I love seeing that. I love knowing that that's what's going on around here. So I want to thank Pastor Anthony and Pastor Tim for allowing me this time. I do feel that I have a word, and I'm anxious to get to it. I'm anxious to tell you guys about it. It's exciting. Brother Pastor Tim was touching on it up here, and I was like, go for it. Go for it. So thank you guys so much for being here. I'm going to tell a story. And if you guys know me, this is going to... You're going to understand why I would say this. So there was a man determined to give a gift for his mother for her birthday. And that gift would outshine all other gifts that he has ever given. He read of a bird that had a vocabulary of 4,000 words and could speak in numerous languages and was able to sing three full opera songs. He immediately bought this bird for $50,000 and had it delivered to his mother The next day, he called to see if she had received the bird. What did you think of the bird, he asked. And she replied, it was delicious. It was delicious. Tonight, my title of my message would be, don't waste your gift. Don't waste your gift. If you could tell your neighbor that, don't waste your gift. Very important. Your mother or your mother-in-law might just eat it. Just kidding. But if we can all open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to get serious now. We're going to get real serious. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, now concerning spiritual, yeah, spiritual gifts. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Come on. Paul was teaching the church of Corinth the power and the mightiness of God, that he gives us the ability to do mighty things. How many know God has given us the gifts of the Spirit? God desires us to use the gifts of the Spirit. Paul was reminding us to never abuse the gifts that God has given us. When we begin to abuse what God has given us for Him, and we begin to use it for fleshly matters, we will then be exalting our flesh instead of exalting Jesus, the one who truly gave us these gifts in the Holy Spirit. As we see in this verse concerning spiritual gifts, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. That's the key word. He doesn't want us to use these things wrongly. He doesn't want us to be oblivious to what he has given us. Sometimes we receive a gift and we kind of overlook it. Sometimes we see, yeah, God's called me to do this, but we overlook it. And we think, well, maybe one day I'll be able to use it. Maybe this isn't the time or the place, but I know God gave me something. We cannot have any gift be wasted that God has presented to us. 
Paul was trying to teach the church of Corinth, and I believe that God is trying to speak to the church today. That God has given us some gifts, and he doesn't want these gifts to be used poorly. He doesn't want them to be used in the wrong ways to take advantage of things that are fleshly, and we forget who even gave us the gifts in the first place. We will continue reading in Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversity in activities, but in the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Do you hear this? Do you hear what I'm saying? By the same Spirit. This isn't something that's coming from this direction, from this direction, but this is God pouring out to us. One God pouring out to us. To another working of miracles and to another prophecy. But one in the same different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit work. All these things distributing to each one individually as He will. God has all these planned out. I know I just gave a mouthful of scripture, but we need to understand where these gifts are coming from. If you feel like you have a superpower to be able to give so much faith, you feel like you have a superpower to be able to interpret tongues, I'm telling you today, it's not something for you to gain access to without God. God has given us these gifts to be used for the church. God has desired the, all these different types of things to be used in the body of Christ. It says that it came from one Lord. It came from one Spirit. It didn't come from different sections of God, but it came from one, and we need to use it as one. We need to understand that these are not just something willy-nilly that he just wanted to throw in the Bible, but these were something that were meant to be used consistently. On an everyday basis, not just a Sunday, Thursday in a community group. No, these are, these are things that we need to be mindful of. We need to know that when wisdom and knowledge and faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and tongues of interpretation, we need to know the list. We need to know. We need to run through this list. And I ask everyone here today, are the gifts of the Spirit flowing through our church services? Every single time we walk through those doors are the gifts of the Spirit flowing. Can we, can we confidently say that that's what's happening every time we walk through these doors? I don't think we can have confidence enough to say we have the gifts of the Spirit flowing every church service. We need to realize when we look at this list, we can think, man, yeah, we had a, we had a good move of God. But was there healing? Was there, was there faith being brought forth? Was there knowledge being taught? Was there tongues of interpretation? Was there discerning of spirits? Were these things happening in our church services? We get so caught up in a schedule. We get so caught up in what we're supposed to do, we forget what God desires us to do. The Pentecostal church as a whole, I feel we need to break some traditions. 
We need to get out of the habit of doing the same thing every Sunday, every Thursday. We need to break these things up. We get so comfortable in what we do. We get so comfortable knowing that I'm going to show up. We're going to have pre-service prayer. We're going to sing a song or a song and a half. The preacher's going to preach between 20 or 40 minutes. We're going to have altar call for 15 minutes. And when pastor's home, a couple waves, so maybe 30 minutes. But this is what we know. This is, this is what we follow. We know a schedule. When someone says, when do you get out of church? The answer shouldn't be about 1.30. No, the answer should be when God is done. When we begin to see these nine gifts flow throughout the church and throughout the services that we have, the church will not be stopped. God does not desire us to get stuck in a rut. He desires us to flourish and to grow and to see new things. He desires us to see things that we never thought we would see. We need to come to a service with an expectation of something to happen. If we don't come with that expectation, we're going to get bored. We're going to sit stuck in a rut. We're going to get stuck on a schedule. A few months ago, Pastor Elijah and, and I and his wife, we had the opportunity to go to a minister's conference. And I sat in this conference thought with thousands of people in it, pastors and ministers from all over the country and all over the world. And I sat there one service and I was sitting there thinking, man, everything is happening. Every service there was a tongue interpretation. Every service someone was being healed. Every service something was happening. Faith was being fought. Uh, knowledge was being brought. And, and I was sitting there thinking, wow, all this is happening. I'll never forget where I sat in the nosebleeds. But as I sat there and looked around, I said, wow, the Spirit of God is flowing so mightily. And you might say, well, of course it was, Brother Eric. You were at a minister's conference. The Spirit of God better be moving. But as I sat there, I thought to myself, why doesn't this happen in every church service around the world? Why don't we see the gifts of the Spirit flowing in every single service? Yeah, I know I was in a service full of ministers. I know I was in a service full of pastors. I understand that. But it doesn't take a title for the move of God to move. It doesn't matter who is in the room. All that matters if you are out of your comfort zone and willing to see the miraculous. If you're willing to see God's work. If you're willing to be led by the Spirit. If you're willing to see these things. If you're willing to let God use you. It doesn't take a minister's conference to see this happen all at once. It just takes two or three. It doesn't take a hundred. It doesn't take a thousand. It just takes a few. I want to ask us one more time, do the gifts of the Spirit really flow in our churches? Do the gifts of the Spirit really flow in our campuses? Or is it really something that we can extinguish? Man, we had this happen. We had this happen. Or do we get so stuck on a schedule and that we get, we get so caught up in just making sure everything is done right 
The songs were sung perfectly. The, the, the message was exactly what it needed to be. We make sure that everyone gets out on time. We make sure the coffee was done at the end of service. We have coffee at the end of our service, sorry. <laughs> but are, are these the things that we're looking at? Because if we are, we got to get our minds back on God. We got to understand that there's an opportunity to be had when the gifts of the Spirit begin to move. If you feel like you have, you have the tongues to speak, and then you feel like you have the interpretation to say, you have to do it. You have to do it. There's no question about it. There's no, well, maybe next time I, I know God has, I know I'm supposed to say what I'm supposed to say, but I don't feel comfortable enough to say it. A few weeks ago here in Harvey, here right here at this campus, it was when Brother Dela Cruz was here preaching on a Sunday morning. And I believe a tongues was spoken. And if some of you here, you're going to remember this. Tongues were given forth. And we waited like we always do. It's real quiet. You don't want to go, you don't want to move because you don't want to miss it. Because it's that important. It's that important. You tell your kids, shh, shh, shh. Because you know the miraculous is going to happen. This isn't something that we just, we lightly gag about. But when we know, we shh. We don't want to hear a sound because we want to hear from God. When that service came up, Brother Dela Cruz, we, we waited for about five minutes. Brother Dela Cruz came up, and he said something, and it made me understand something so much greater. He says, you have to obey what God told you to do. It might sound rude. It might sound mean, but I'm telling you, you have to obey what God is calling you to do. Why is it so important? Why do you think we get so quiet? Why do you think we wait? Because we're like, oh, God's going to speak to me. God's got, God's got something for me. And when we don't act on the tongues of interpretation, we miss out on a blessing. And you don't know who's in that church service that day who was just needing. They didn't need the preaching. They didn't need the worship. They needed that interpretation. We cannot let opportunity slip on by because you don't know whose life is depending on it, whose life needed that interpretation. God says, let the gifts flow. I gave them to you. Use them. We can't go through a service without missing out these opportunities. Yes, this means we have to be a little more a little more cautious about what we're doing. Yes, this means we have to pay attention just a little bit more. Yeah, we might be tired on a Sunday. We might be definitely tired on a Thursday. But that doesn't give any excuse for let God move in your life. We can't get in that habit. We can't get in that habit to think it's okay to just show up tired and not worry about what God is going to do and just go through the motions. Man, it was already preached this today. But I'm telling you, we got to get that out of our minds that when we walk through those doors, a life-changing experience can happen at any single moment. We can't think it's normal. Oh, it's okay, I worked hard today. I remember when I was youth pastor, I thought I had the greatest excuse for my pastor. It's like, Pastor Anthony, I work till 5 in the morning, to 5 in the morning Sunday, from Saturday to Sunday. I'd be like, I'm so tired, Pastor. I'm so tired. He said, that's no excuse. And I used to think, man, he doesn't get it. 
like, man, I've, I've been awake all night. And then I have to, I have to teach to the youth group. And then we to, with the second service came up, I'm like, Pastor, I'm exhausted. I'd be sleeping in the front pew like this. But we think it's okay. We begin to tell ourselves it's okay. You're tired. You worked hard. We give ourselves all these excuses. So many times I, I sit here even now, I'll be like, I got to wake up. I don't want to miss it. That's the way we got to think. I got to wake up. I don't want to miss it. I got to wake up. I don't want to miss what God has for me today. We can't give ourselves excuses after excuse and say someone else is going to do it. Someone else is going to pray the prayer. Someone else is going to be filled with the Spirit. It's not going to be me. I'm too tired. No, it needs to be you. I want to get a little real today. If it's all right, I want to get a little real. The younger generation, the youth aren't here, but hey, hyphen's here. I'm here. I fall in these traps. We need to stop looking at the elders of the church to fulfill the ministry. We need to stop looking at the the elders of the church to be led by the Spirit. We love Sister Vera. We love Brother Russell. We love Sister Fable. We're we're thankful for you guys. You guys are pillars of this church, but we need to take action too. It's not fair for us to put the burden on you. It's not fair to the church. So many times I look and I feel like people are waiting. What's Sister Vivian going to do? What's Sister Vivian going to say? It needs to be what's going to happen, not who's going to do it. It's what's going to happen. Is it going to be me this time? Is it going to be them this time? It shouldn't be narrowed down to the pastor and a couple lead elders. It needs to be up to the church to be able to follow the will of God. Those of you who have been coming to this church long enough, you'll know the great saint that we had, Sister Linda Meza. Growing up as a kid, I knew. If someone spoke in tongues and it got quiet, Sister Linda's going to do it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, I knew. She's going she's gonna, to she's gonna interpret it. She's going to do it. It's going to be her. She's either going to be the one speaking in tongues or she's going to be the one interpreting it. It's going to be her. I, I, I knew. I could have almost, I could have almost, just, like, I just guarantee it's going to happen. And that's the mindset we get stuck in. I guarantee you, so-and-so is going to be leading this. I guarantee you, this elder is going to push us to move in the spirit. This one's going to be able to, to seek out someone to pray for. It doesn't have to be me because so-and-so. Brother Ron, he, he's the evangelist pastor. He's the one that's going to do it. He's the one that's going to talk to them. That's not what God desires. God desires all of us to be used in the gifts of the spirit. We can't rely on others to help us have a move of God. Because sometimes you're the one wishing, man, I really wish God would move. Why don't you move? Why don't you give some effort? Why don't you try a little bit? Sorry, I know I got my pastor speaking now, but I'm not here, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to get you to heaven. I'm telling you today, God is saying get up and do something. God has given us the ability. God has already have it. It's already in us 
to do the gifts. It's already in there. We can't say, one day I'm going to be able to do it. No, the moment you were baptized, the moment you spoke in other tongues, God said, here's the gifts. This is what you're going to do. You're going to help the church. The only thing holding you back is yourself. We have too much fear in our minds. And we say, I don't battle fear. I don't struggle in that at all. But then you sometimes sit there and think, when the tongues go forth, I'm just thinking this one's a scary one. And you feel like you got the interpretation. You feel, I don't want people to hear my voice. I don't want somebody to hear me talk out loud. What if I stumble? What if I mess up? First off, it's God speaking, not you. And not just that. I'm too, I'm too scared to cry out to God because what if someone sees me crying? What if someone sees me rejoice? What if I dance? What if I dance weird? What if I cry weird? We need to understand, stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the kingdom. Start thinking about what God desires from you. We get stuck in the eyes. How can I do this? How can I prophesy? How can I do this? How can I give out knowledge? How can I? I, 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 I. And we get so caught up in how can I do it? The problem isn't that we need to figure out if, we, if, if, if it's up to me. God's saying, I've already given it to you. God said, it's already in you. You just have to accept it. You just have to say, God, I accept this calling. God, I accept these gifts. Lord, I don't want to waste my gift on just, just sitting here being afraid of what you're going to do. When God leads us, you're going to be a part of what God desires you to be a part of. I've been preaching this for the last four weeks in Manuka, that we need to be a church that is led by the Spirit. That we need to be led in every single thing we do. Even to the point where I have our church praying for what we're going to learn on Tuesday night's Bible study. I said, it ain't up to me. It's up to the church. It's up to us to be, to, to be as one, as united, as a church to follow and be led by the Spirit of God. Because I, want, I don't want it to just be for the pastor. I don't want it to just be for ministers. I believe that this is for the church. This is for every single person in this room to be able to be used so mightily by God. We can't just sit here because when we think it's just for them, that's when we get comfortable and we rely on them. What do you do when you get stuck in a moment where you can't get yourself out? Because you're waiting for someone else to pray for you. You're waiting for someone else to do something. You're waiting for someone else to call you. And God's saying all you have to do is call on me. We can't get so reliant on somebody else that we can't fix our own problems. God's saying, I am here. I can hear you. You just need to hear me. And if you struggle and think that God can't use me, but yet you stand on the scripture in Deuteronomy, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. If you stand there and you, you yeah, amen to that, and you think God can't use you, he is the God, he is the king of all, the Lord of all lords and the kings of all kings. He is the one that can give you what you need. Stop doubting yourself. Like I said, the moment you got the Holy Ghost, the moment you were baptized, God said, here you go. These are your gifts. These are your presents for doing what you do. And we waste it. 
we just sit back and say, I'll save that for another day. Or if you're younger, I'll save that when I get a little older. I'll save that when I get married. And then I'll save that when I have kids. And then I'll save that for another day. Next thing you know, you're in your 60s and 70s, and you realize you have done nothing for God because you were too scared to see what God could do in your life. God is reminding us today, get up and stop wasting what I gave you today. We need to stop looking around and seeing how many empty chairs. We got to stop looking at that. We need to stop saying, well, God would move if we had more people. We, we could see more things happen because more people would be engaged if they can happen to a 1,000 people. Why can't it happen when there's seven people? Why can't it happen when there's 30 people? I'm telling you, we need to get that mindset out of our head and know that God is going to do whatever he desires to do because now is the time. It is time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to preach the word to the people. Time to reach out to people. Time to teach people. And it's time to pray for people. One of the biggest messages that got to my mind was Pastor Anthony a few months ago. It could have been six months ago. I have no idea. But he, he mentioned that we need to stop looking at a service as a service. We need to stop worrying about the time. I know I mentioned it, but we got to stop looking at the time. We can't just say, well, it's a Thursday night. Let's just be a little lenient. Well, it's Sunday, so that's when God's supposed to move. That's when God is supposed to do things. But when we get stuck in a schedule, we begin to complain when the preaching's too long. When we get stuck in a schedule, we begin to complain when the singing is too long. We begin to complain that the altar calls are too long. When you're sitting here saying, why is this lasting so long? You're missing out on what God is trying to do. When God is trying to open up a door to someone's soul, someone's mind, and you complain, why is it taking so long? We can't have that mindset as a church if we want to see the miraculous We can't sit here and say, does he not know what time it is? Does he not understand? I got to get up at 5 in the morning. Yes, the pastor understands, but God doesn't care. God doesn't care until every soul is reached. It's time we make a change. And I believe when we make this change in our minds, the rest of the year, 2022, is not going to look like any other year. I believe and I pray that when this church comes together on Sundays and Thursdays and when they come together for lunchtime miracles, that God is going to begin to shake this city. God's going to be able to reveal himself to people that never knew this church existed. I have church, where we have church, our our neighboring, literally right across the hallway from where we have church is the police department. I will occasionally see a cop walk by while I'm preaching. And I always tell them, we're going to preach, we're going to pray until they come in. Because it ain't going to be something that they're going to just want to, they're going to feel it. And I believe that whoever's walking down Halstead or Lathrop, 164th Street, I believe that they're going to walk on, on miracle, lunchtime miracles and they're going to feel something. And God's going to direct them and say, you need to go right here. 
How can we get there when we let the gifts of the Spirit flow through our services? Not just on Sundays, but every moment that we have an opportunity to gather together. God is going to begin to move so mightily in this church. God is going to begin to move so mightily in our campuses. It's going to be so overwhelming. We're not going to understand. We're going to be like, well, how did this happen? Because we begin to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. We begin to let God use us for what he desires us to do. I believe that without a doubt, we're already seeing things happen in our campus. And I know the Spanish campus is blowing up. Connections with the Fosmore campus are blowing up. God is getting ready. We need to get ready because God already has it set what he is about to do. And if we can't figure out this simple concept, if we can't figure out the gifts of the Spirit, then we ain't going to be able to contain it. We're not going to be able to handle it. God's not going to send holy rollers. God's going to send hurting people. And hurting people need someone to give them faith. Hurting people need to get some knowledge. Hurting people need to be prayed for. They need healings. They need a promise. I want to see it. You guys all want to see it. I want to see miracles. I want to see healings. I want to hear prophecies. I want to see tongues of interpretation happen in all of our churches, and all of our campuses, in all of our community groups. I believe that God can move in the gifts of the Spirit in our community groups. We cannot restrict God because it's not Sunday. It's not Sunday, so we won't try as hard. We won't pray as hard because it's not a Sunday. God doesn't care what day of the week it is. God doesn't stop because he's like, wait, you're right. It's only a Thursday. I can't do nothing. God doesn't look at the church and say, well, hey, if they show up on Sunday, they're going to get touched. Yeah, I'm glad you brought them to community group. I'm, I'm glad you started a Bible study. But you know what? Wait till Sunday. God's going to do something in their life. What happens when they don't show up on a Sunday? What happens when they don't show up anymore? What happens if that was the only moment you have? We can't miss opportunities. We can't miss sorry, what God is trying to do. I know I'm getting passionate. I know I'm getting loud because I see it. I see these people showing up. We have more people showing up to things during throughout the week than we do on Sunday, and I am okay with that. We got Bible studies being set up. We have Bible studies happening, and I'm okay with that. It's okay if they don't show up on a Sunday because God's not limited to one day. We got to get that mind set up. Get that out of our head that when we walked in on a Thursday, oh, it's just going to be a, a simple Bible study. It's just going to be a, he's just going to talk about the word of God and we're going to learn something new today. That's not what God desires. God desires us to have life-changing experiences. Every time we show up to the house of God, Sundays are great. They are, but Thursdays can be great. Tuesdays can be great. Wednesdays can be great. I believe that God is going to move so mightily that when, brother, that when Brother Mitch starts his Sundays, 
it ain't going to be like what we all had to deal with. I'm being honest. I, I believe that the revival is just going to overflow to where he's going to be like, whoa, how, what is this happening? Because we began to trust in him. God is wanting to do more. We think, man, we, we the Harvey campus is so spiritual. The Harvey campus has got it going on. That's, that, they're like the peak of what's happening. And if you come here regularly, you get comfortable with that. Yeah, we go to that church. Yeah, 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 good preaching all the time. Good music. And you get comfortable with it. And you think, I think, I think we're here. I think we made it. We made it, guys. We made it. But in reality, there's always another level. There's always another section. God's saying, you didn't make it nowhere. We, got, we still have some stuff to do. We still have some walls to break down. We still have some glass to go through. We haven't reached a peak yet. The peak is heaven, guys. The peak is in heaven. We ain't there yet. We can't get comfortable because we have good church. We can't get comfortable because there's good music. We can't get comfortable because we like who we're with. We can't get comfortable until we are in heaven with Jesus. And the reason why we can't get comfortable, the main reason why is because we are so close to the end. We are so close. This is not the time to get, this isn't the time to get comfortable. This isn't the time to think we're being more all right. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of a sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we've ever believed. Do you hear what I just read? This isn't the time to sit back and wait. But the time is now. If it's okay with everybody, I, I, don't, I don't sit here and believe the message is the all end out. You know, it's not the greatest. But I want you to hear what the message has to say with this scripture because I believe it's an eye-opening, eye-opening words of this commentary version of the scripture. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all of your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose track and time and doze off and become oblivious to God. The night is about over and then dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. It says be, begin to wake up and realize what God is truly doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We, don't, we can't afford to squander these precious daylight hours. We cannot be indulged and we can't be just sleeping and just being dismissive and bickering and grabbling everything in sight. But we need to get out of bed and we need to get dressed and we cannot linger much longer waiting until the very last minute. And then it says dress yourself in Christ and get up and do something. We need to get up and do something. We can't just lie around and think everything is hunky-dory. We can't just sit back and think nothing big or bad is going to happen. We can't sit here and think everyone's going to be saved eventually. We can all stand. I hope everyone in this room begins to understand what God is trying to talk to us about today. That there is no more time for waiting. 
There is no more time to be lazy. There's no more time to wait last minute. We need to understand that we need to be led by the Spirit. We can't be led by our fleshly thoughts. We can't think that this is going to happen or that's going to happen. We need to begin to let God lead us in prayer. God lead us in our Bible reading. God lead us in our preaching pastors. We need to let God lead us into the word. We can't just think, oh, that's a good message or this is something good to say, but we need to be led by God. The stories that we've heard about the end times are real. The stories that we've heard are right around the corner. This isn't some fairy tale. Pastor Tim mentioned it on Sunday. This isn't a fairy tale. Pastor Eli preached on it. This isn't a fairy tale. The time is now. The bride of Christ is getting ready, and we're just sitting here. We need to be activated. We need to be filled. We need to be led. We have no time to waste. We have no time to waste the gifts that God has given us. I want to open up these altars. I called Sister Candy late. Sorry. I want to open up these altars because I feel that there's something in us that we, can, that we feel like we're lacking in, that maybe we've struggled in, and we let it hinder us with our spirits. They're letting the gifts begin to flow. We see like, oh, I have this holding me back. We can't be held back. We can't be worried about what our neighbor thinks. We have to get sensitive. We have to understand that God desires more. I want to see the gifts of the Spirit flow in every single church in this nation. This isn't just a message I feel for the Harvey Church. This is a message that I feel is for every church. God's trying to remind us that we have to be activated. We have to realize that the great revival is now and not later. If we can all just come up to this altar and begin to open up our hearts and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry I've ever been so comfortable. God, I'm sorry I complained that it was a Thursday night. God, I'm sorry I don't come expecting. But God, I want to come and I want to expect the move of God every moment. Every opportunity, I want to see you move.